Welcome to Mannerisms, the Manor Lakes Peter 12 College podcast, where we share the stories of people in our school community. Listeners, thanks for joining us. I'm Ruby Collins and my co-host is Ben Collins. How are you, Ben? Great, thanks, Ruby. I can't wait to speak to our guest. Uh, we've got some serious sporting talent right here with us um, and you're a netballer, so I reckon you're pretty excited too, Ruby. You might learn a few tricks of the trade from her. I hope so. I'll introduce her. Melissa Bragg is a PE and health teacher in our secondary school. She's also a multi-sports star. A local Werribee girl, Mel rose to prominence on the netball court. Between 2018 and 2021, she made 26 appearances with Collingwood in Australia's top netball competition, Suncorp Super Netball, where Mel played with and against international stars. But her journey wasn't an easy one. In fact, it's been one of triumph over adversity. This year, Mel transferred her considerable skill set to the football field, impressing as a left-footed utility in her debut season for Geelong in the VFLW competition, juggling footy commitments with both teaching and a playing coach role with Geelong in the Victorian Netball League. And now she's been selected in the Victorian Fury squad in the Australian Netball League. She's a very busy woman, so we're extremely lucky she found time to have a chat with us. How are you, Mel? I'm good, thanks, guys. How are you? Good. Did we get all that uh, introductory <laughs> stuff correct? Yeah, no, pretty spot on. Great. <laughs> So you grew up in Werribee. Which part of Werribee and which schools did you go to? Yeah, so I um, was born in Werribee, um, kind of the older part, kind of actually near the rec centre, which is now Eagle Stadium. Yep. Um, so I went to Manavale Primary School just around the corner from my house. So it was nice walking distance. And then uh, for high school, went to Werribee Secondary College. So um, yeah, Werribee through and through. Yep. And netball wasn't the first sport you played competitively, was it? You played tennis first when you were about five is that yeah right? I started mum just used to chuck us into sports so um did some tennis um and absolutely loved that I think I started playing basketball next um with some friends from school and just really enjoyed it um I filled in for mum's friends netball team when I was about 10 or 11 played a season or so then just kept going back to basketball and tennis and didn't actually start playing netball sort of continually since I was in maybe high school um, yeah, so it was a bit of a, yeah, stop, stopping and starting in different sports, but yeah, finally found sure. one that I really liked. <laughs> yeah. So you started netball for the local lightning club, so, which was my junior club as well. Right. So what are some memories from those early days? Yeah, it was, I can remember playing at the rec centre, um, in just a team with some friends from school and the coach who I'm sure if you were there, um, you would know Wes, um, Wes saw me playing basketball, um, and my sister was playing netball for lightning. He saw me playing basketball and was like, oh, I reckon that you'd be good at netball. So he, um, you know, convinced me to go into their lightning team and ended up playing with them. They had a team in Melbourne, um, as well at the time. So, I ended up travelling up there and I was still at school um, to play a game on a Tuesday night. So I think just the that was kind of my first exposure to a higher level competition. I'd always played in Werribee. Um, I never made any rep teams or anything like that growing up. So to be able to travel to Melbourne, it was like this big new experience. And for someone that really had done all my sport in Werribee, um, I, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And uh, you've become known for your defensive skills as a senior player. Um, but as a junior, you were actually a goal shooter. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was uh, the tall, lanky one that everyone thought I was going to be six foot five. So I haven't actually grown since I left primary school. So when I first started being as tall as I am now, um, everyone was like, you know, great, you'll be this nice tall holding shooter. You know, you can catch the ball, you can turn and shoot. But I didn't actually grow. So um, yeah, it was once I sort of made my way into higher teams, they sort of saw that I was um, probably just had a natural defensive probably mindset um and they decided to put me in the defense end um and then I still didn't grow so yeah ended up being in the midcourt yeah <laughs> um so as you said you you weren't an immediate success you didn't sort of play in rep teams to 15 16 you didn't make the under 17 state team but uh, you made the under 19 state team as a top age player and you made the state side in both years at under 21 level. Uh, so you pretty much had to work really hard for everything, every opportunity, didn't you? Yeah, I'd like, to be honest, I always kind of in the back of my head, you know, once I sort of got to like 15, 16 and you growing around netball, you'd see, you know, they've got Vixens posters and Australian diamonds on the TV and you would always be like, that'd be pretty cool to do that one day, but it does seem so far out of reach. Um, you know, in those days they had 12 players per team. Now it's 10, so it's even further out of reach. And I suppose... Mm. Growing up, I was always like, it'd be cool to do that, but never thought it would actually really happen. So when I made my first state team, um, I found out that basically the last day of my year 12 exam, um, I found out I made the state team in under 19s. Um, and I, to be honest, couldn't really believe it because I'd always, you know, I'd been part of different programs around that sort of 16, 17 you know, year old mark, but never really progressed into any of it. So yeah, didn't get into a squad even for 17s, didn't even get into the squad with under 19s my bottom year. So just from, you know, not even being looked at to then going straight into the team, um, yeah, it kind of blew me away, to be honest. Um, and I just think it was just that, you know, consistency and that resilience to just be like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going. Like, I'm not going to lose anything by showing up. Yeah. Um, it's an experience and it's an opportunity. So yep. yeah. And yeah, I mean, during your second under-21 national championships, you suffered a, like a devastating family tragedy uh, yep. when your dad died, um, which obviously must have been traumatic. I can't even comprehend uh, how you'd even deal with that. But how did you cope and how did it affect, uh, I suppose, your perspective on life? Yeah, so I didn't actually know that dad had passed away while I was at nationals. My family found out and didn't tell me, mm. um, which at the time was quite challenging. Um, they, I suppose they were I was trying to protect me from, um, you know, they would obviously understand that I'd be really upset, but didn't want it to impact my last opportunity to play, um, you know, in an underage state team that was going to be my last nationals. You know, I was too old the following year. So mm. they didn't actually tell me, which was quite hard knowing that my brother and my mum um, and dad's mum was actually up in Queensland watching nationals. So they were all there. And my sister was back at home just about to start uni by herself. So um, once I found out, I was pretty, I was annoyed and pretty angry, but, um, you know, reflecting back, um, I, kn I know that they were just trying to protect that opportunity for me and I, I'm grateful for that because obviously it's would have been pretty hard to turn around and try to play good quality netball. Um, I just think that those opportunities and stuff don't come around. So, yeah, my family mm. obviously wanted, wanted to protect me in that moment. Yep. Um, I think perspective-wise it's just, you know, you never know when things are going to happen. 
Um, so, you know, you, you do have to be grateful for the opportunities that you have. You have to, you know, cherish the memories that you have with your family and your friends and your loved ones and you don't know what's going to happen. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And in a similar period, um, you also had a, a pretty big netball setback. Um, you stepped up to play for the Victorian Flames and then the Victorian Fury in the Australian Netball League. Um, and in 2015, you won a premiership with the Fury, but then they didn't pick you again, yeah. um, which was a real shock. So what happened there? Yeah, so, and I mean, that was all a similar time. Like I probably, after that stage, didn't play my best netball um, with the Fury. Um, the opportunities I got were very limited, um, but, you know, it's all part of, at the end of the day, I was still 21 years old. Like I was yeah. still quite young in, in terms of the sport. Um, and, yeah, it was... I found that setback probably the most challenging of them all because I, at that time, I thought that I was ready to take the next step in my netball and, you know, was hoping to, you know, next year get more consistent court time mm. or be looked at, you know, higher up and obviously then to be completely cut um, was quite challenging. Um, but, you know, perspective, you know, I'm now grateful for that. It allowed me to go and finish mm. uni, you know, during those years I was having to leave uni to go and play netball and, and miss, you know, uni and having to change exams and all of those yeah. types of things. So um, I, I'm grateful that it allowed me to finish uni and I worked for a couple of years as a teacher as well before it all sort of kicked off again. So, um, you know, it, it was hard. It was it was challenging and I nearly didn't go back. I, you know, I was pretty devastated. So, um but again, it was one of those things like, what have I got to lose by putting myself out there again? Like the worst thing yeah. that they are going to say is no. And even if it is a no, like I've still been lucky enough to have had the opportunities that I had before that. Yeah. And so that obviously it's a blessing in disguise. Mm. Uh, you were going to ask. Yeah. So um, but did you, during that period of time, did you ever consider quitting netball? Um, I never thought about completely quitting the whole sport, but I did consider not putting myself out there in terms of trialling for Fury again. Um, and, you know, because it was a couple of years in a row that I didn't get selected after, you know, going through trials and stuff like mm. that and getting feedback that at the time was, you know, hard to swallow and I didn't necessarily agree with. Um, you know, looking back on that now, you know, it is hard to think about what you were doing five or six years ago. It very well may have been the case. But at the time I, you know, probably had my guard up a little bit and was like, that's not right, that's wrong. Um, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, but sort of going and playing um, State League in the Victorian Netball League with Geelong just sort of reaffirmed the love that I had for the game at the time and to be able to, um, yeah, put yourself out there and, you know, to to be considered even being in the mix for something like that is something to be proud of. So, yeah, yeah again, yeah. you know. Yeah, so a couple of years after that uh, fury disappointment, you suddenly got one of the highlights of your career. You were invited to Collingwood as a, a training partner. How did that come about it's a meteoric rise isn't it yeah it was it was actually a funny story um I was playing state league again with Geelong and the Collingwood coach at the time um came up and had a chat to me and uh she was actually a previous state coach of mine so I, I knew her quite well um also had coached Fury so it had been you know around my netball um you know a lot when I was growing up um and I'd actually been sent off for netball and I, I have never been sent off. I was so embarrassed. What was and it for? 
uh, I think continually contacting or saying, I don't know. Oh, Again, right. I probably didn't agree yeah. with it. <laughs> Bit argumentative. Um, yeah. yeah, but I was, I thought she was actually going to have a conversation and come up and say, what happened? Like, you know, and she came up and said, you know, would you be interested in, um, you know, coming down as a training partner? And I was like, are you serious? Did you just watch that game? And she was like, I know, that's fine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was not the conversation I thought she was coming up to have with me. So um, I still reflecting on that. I think it's quite funny. But, yeah, she just sort of said, you know, we've been really impressed. We've been watching um, what you've been doing and we'd be keen to get you down. So, yeah, um, yeah crazy. Like, again, just one of those things where it's like that pinch me moment and it's like all of these girls that, you know, you've watched play growing up and being like, I want to be like them. Like, when you reflect on it, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I get to go and train with them. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you made your debut in 2018. You were wrapped just to be on the bench, so you couldn't believe it when you were sent onto the court. Yeah, I – that probably – that moment was the most – intimidating moment of my life I think I think um again I was just stoked to be up there um and I'd found out on my way to work I was still teaching down in Geelong and they called me and they said you need to be on a flight tonight so I had to ring school and say I need to leave an hour early and pack my stuff but they didn't really want the other team to know and I wasn't meant to say anything so I had to like just give it you know on the down low to school and be like I've got to go up with Collingwood so and the lady that organized all of our stuff at Grovedale was a massive netball fan so she was super excited yeah. um, I was like you can't say anything um yeah so I was just super super stoked to be on the bench um and I remember we were down um you know and again I'm I'm sh on the shorter side for a netballer I know people probably find that hard to believe because I'm taller but yeah. um and I just remember the team manager come up to me and we were just, you know, doing our normal warm-up, you know, in the middle of a quarter and she was like, put the goal defence bib on. And I turned around to see who she was talking to because I had, like just didn't think that she was looking at me. But they were the other girls were like, Mel, it's you, go. So, um, yeah, I've never been more nervous in my life. I was breathing that hard that my throat hurt for like four days after during the game just because it was like nervous, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this yeah. is actually happening. Um, yeah, the crowd was so loud and yeah. like reflecting back, it probably wasn't anything different to what the experiences that I had after, but mm -hmm. you know, I just, the cameras in your face, like, you know, in that timeout huddles, there's a microphone and you're trying to listen, but you're like, what's this thing hanging in the huddle? Like it's all those things that you've never really experienced before, but yeah, it was pretty cool. And yeah, I was significantly shorter than everyone in the circle, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> it was good. And yeah. I believe your teammates were pretty surprised with the confidence you had to direct them on court. I mean, you're like even from those early early times, I mean, but you're a natural communicator and and talker, aren't you? That's yeah. just you. It, it is still intimidating and I do remember, you know, not so much that game. They probably took me under their wing a little bit, but, you know, the games in 2019, you know, we had structures where it was up to the wing defence to call them. Um, mm. And... I was kind of like, I'm not going to say anything because I'm new. And they straight away were like, you need to talk to us. Like, we can't, like, you're the boss, um, you know, if you're in that wing defence position. So they kind of gave me that confidence as well to, um, you know, make the calls, you know, say what our setups were going to be, those types of things. Um, yeah. I would say that talking and, and, you know, communicating inside of that leadership um, is a natural kind of quality of mine. But, yeah. um, I mean, when you are in an environment where, 
you have grown up, you know, looking up to those girls and aspiring to be like them. You don't really want to be the leader in that. You just sort of want to be able to sit back and watch. But, you know, they gave me the confidence to be able to, um, yeah. you know, use my voice and, and step up when I needed to. It'll be like you telling Steve Warner what to do. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> yeah, you just sit back <laughs> and watch. Please don't do that. You just uh, watch those people work. <laughs> um, in that first year, 2018, you, you won a premiership with Collingwood's reserve team, yep. the Tasmanian Tigers, um, and the next year you co-captained the Tassie... Did I say Tasmanian Tigers? Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, Magpies, it's a natural thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, Mag Tassie Magpies. Tigers. Tassie Magpies. Um, and then the next year you co-captained that team. What was it like playing in that team and splitting your time between the States and all that sort yeah, of stuff? Yeah, it was a interesting setup. So, yeah, half of our team was based in Melbourne, so all the training partners for Collingwood, mm -hmm. and then the other half of the team was based in Tasmania. Um, you know, so it makes training, um, you know, and preparing together quite a challenge. I think we had maybe uh, – looking back, maybe a handful of training sessions, like one or two training sessions together. Um, we played in a couple of matches together um, at, in a little comp before the season and then we were kind of away. So, um, you know, we'd play two games on the weekend. Um, you know, the Tassie girls would go back to Tassie, we'd come back to Melbourne, we'd train by ourselves mm -hmm. and then we'd come back together. So yeah. our opportunities together were quite limited, but I think that the coaches did a really good job of um, – you know, making the two states kind of feel as one. Um, you know, it's hard enough to get a team that's together to gel yeah. um, and they really fostered an environment where we built relationships and the, and the two, um, you know, two states sort of merged as one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that was a fantastic team and one of the best teams I've been a part of in terms of the, you know, culture highest level and yeah. the culture and, um, you know, the coaches really drove that. So... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, a pretty special memory to look back on and, you know, not many people can say they've won two A&L premierships for two different states, but, yeah. um, you know, you normally just play for the state that you live in, but, um, you know, to win that with Tassie was probably one of, like, it, it was a really special moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 2019, you made a big decision. You took a year off teaching to give yourself the best chance of establishing yourself in top level netball. So take us through that. Yeah, it was a it was a bit of a funny one. So, um, twenty eighteen, I went back to part time um, rather than working full time, and you know, being young, you know, needing money, paying bills, all of those things. Um, you know, that was a, a step, but part time was okay. But yeah, when I, you know, no commitment from you know the club in terms of any opportunity, um, just to be a training partner. I think that year. It was, I think, like $2,000 for the year to be a training partner. So, you know, when you're young and, and you know, you're like, oh, two grand, that's so much. But it doesn't go very far no. um, when you're an adult. So I still tried to juggle bits and pieces of work um, when I could. And, and, you know, my school at the time in Grovedale were super supportive and would let me come in for half days to do CRT and those types of things. Um, so, yeah, they, they were really great and they really allowed me to be able to still survive financially yeah, yeah. um but go and pursue my dream as well yep and 2020 you were elevated to Collingwood senior list you obviously impressed them sufficiently and then COVID hit um but you had your best season in that sort of disjointed year um the hub was moved or were established up in Queensland played the whole 14 game season in just like two months like a whirlwind I mean mm. how how was that yeah, it was an interesting t start to the season. So um, Ash Brazel had done her ACL as a wing defence and, you know, even now is still a starting wing defence with Collingwood. So, um, you know, I 
very much had expectations in 2020 that I was going in to learn from the best of the best. So the midcourt was, um, yeah, Braz and then Maddie and Kelsey. Maddie and Kelsey Brown, Siri's trying to tell me what to do. Um, Yeah, Maddie and Kelsey Brown. So, you know, you're talking about Australian diamonds and, and, you know, learning from the best. And then um, Maddie did a – Maddie, you know, was coming back from an injury. Kelsey was coming back from her knee and didn't know when she was going to be back, whether she was going to be back in time for the season or not. Um, Braz did an ACL right at the start. So sort of when, you know – mid pre-season or you know towards the end of pre-season she's done her knee playing footy um I was kind of like this could be an opportunity for me to actually really step up um you know still thinking mm. I learned from Maddie and Kelsey and then we went into the hub and like a couple of games in Maddie's hurt her knee she's you know said that she's retiring from elite netball um and then Kelsey halfway through the through the hub as well so I went from being the most inexperienced netballer in the midcourt by a long, long way to all of a sudden having played four games being the most experienced. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it was, you know, looking back on it, challenging to, um, you know, I can remember being packed and there was a couple of days where we didn't know when we were leaving or whether we were going to New South Wales or Queensland. We didn't really know how long we were going for, what it was going to look like. Um, Yeah, but so just being packed and, waiting and waiting for the phone call to be like, yeah, we're going tomorrow. Um, you know, it was obviously quite stressful and, you know, you're leaving behind your family and your friends and you don't know how long for. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, we kind of made that hub our own and, you know, netball became your family away from home. So, you know, I think the relationships that people built in that time were, were you know, allowed people to actually get through because it, it wasn't easy. Um yeah. But yeah, I mean, I also say that knowing we were super grateful to even get the season away and, Mm. you know, when people are locked down in their houses, we got the opportunity still to do what we loved and yeah. 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 Um, So any particular performances on great opponents that stand out to you? Um, I think probably, I don't know, everyone that you play against is so good. Um, they are the best of the best. It's one of yep. the best – it is the best competition in the world. There's players from all over the world, um, you know, in there. So – but probably um, as I was sort of making my way into, um, you know, Collingwood and finding my feet there, it was probably 2019 when I was a training partner. Um, they ran the Team Girls Cup, which was um, in Queensland, and it was just a three-day – round robin and you and you played the teams and they had a winner at the end um and I actually wasn't meant to go um another training partner who played the same position as me was meant to go and the day before they pulled her out because she just had a niggly knee injury Mm -hmm. um so I ended up going really last minute um and just sort of yeah again wasn't expecting sort of much and got little bits of game time here and there throughout um, you know, the round robin thing. And then when it came to the final, we were, it was actually the grand final, I suppose, against the Vixens. Um, and at the end of the first quarter, I ended up going on against Liz Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know Liz quite well, but she's obviously mm. <laughs> one of the best wing attacks in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, at the moment, he's a captain of the Australian Diamonds and, you know, a pretty impressive player. Um, and I probably had my best performance against her in that game 
Um, and, you know, we won, but individually probably I think I had three or four intercepts, which is, you know, a lot as a wing defence. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it came from. I couldn't replicate it again. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like that kind of moment and being able to stand up in a in a big game, I'm, like at the end of the day, it wasn't a season. It, it didn't really mean that much. But I think for Collingwood in that time, it was, um, you know, super it – was, it was a – important part of us starting the year um and you know to come in sort of last minute yeah. I felt like I'd yeah I left there thinking I, I did my job yeah. um you know which is sometimes hard to feel like you do at when you're at the elite level you do constantly reflect and be like what did I do what did I miss what did I muck up um mm-hmm. but I left that game thinking like I, I did what I needed to do yeah. um and that kind of gave me the confidence I suppose to go you know what like I'm actually I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And Mel, you are wrong, uh, by the way. If you've done it once, you can do it again. <laughs> All right. So uh, you've mentioned Braz before. You're calling with teammate Ash Brazel, who's played for Australia and been a great player. Um, she referred to you as, and now just sit back and enjoy this, as a jet of a human and a jet of a player. She said, Mel's my wing woman on court and in the gym. She always wants me to be the best at whatever we're doing. Oh, sorry, she always wants to be the best at whatever we're doing. She's tough, she's strong, and she's ultra-competitive, and that's why I always try to partner with her. She keeps me honest, she makes me work hard, and she keeps me young. I mean, that's a pretty massive rap from such a a terrific player um, who's so well-respected. Where does that competitiveness come from, this drive? How do you describe it? I don't actually know. I just – when I do anything sport-related – I just don't like, I don't like losing. I don't like losing board. Actually, it's not even competitive, like sport. I don't like losing cards. I don't like losing anything really. So um, I think that just kind of transfers over, um, you know, when you're playing and, you know, I don't want my opponent to beat me. I hate losing. So, um, you know, I would always kind of try to pair up with a a Braz or a Kelsey or a Maddie or or those types of girls, the ones that are the best, the best, um, you know, to challenge myself to get better because, you again, you don't know when those opportunities are going to come. So, like, I'm, I'm here, I may as well make the most of it and it was hard. <laughs> like, it, it's always yeah. hard going up against some of the best players in the world but, um, you know, that definitely made me a better a better player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, a funny thing, well, not funny for you, so you're petrified of flying and that's a problem, obviously, when flying around the country for mm. netball. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely better than what I used to be. I, I think I've said this before. Mum used to have to push me on, on a plane when we were going to Queensland to see Dad or, um, you know, anything like that. But I've definitely am better. I wouldn't say I'm over it. I just don't cry in public anymore. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get terrified. I, it's it's just not natural. Like you're meant to be on the ground, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think flying, you know around the country for netballs had to make me be yeah. a little bit more mature in yeah. my approach. Yeah. <laughs> identify with that. Um, so you made seven more appearances for Collingwood last year and then they cut you from the list. I mean, how did you feel? Obviously, disappointment would be the number one thing, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think um, in that moment... Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard, like, again, I suppose you refer back to the sacrifice that you make and um, everything that you put into it. And I am a one-in, all-in kind of person. Um, I would say my biggest um, thing is that I'm loyal. So I, the thought of me having sacrificed everything to be at 
the club and then, you know, want for a better word, I suppose they weren't giving me that back in return. It was, yeah. it was hard to swallow. Um, and, you know, add in, I suppose you're in the middle of a COVID lockdown. So we just got back from the harbour, just done 14 days quarantine because mm. Melbourne was a hot spot or Queensland was a hot spot for Melbourne. So I was 14 days, um, you know, quarantine by myself to then get called into the club and be like, sorry, we don't have a spot for you. Um, yeah. You know, it's pretty hard, hard pill to swallow, I think, for anyone. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, adding the fact of COVID lockdown and then, you know, at that time, like from then, I suppose, it's like you've got no income, um, you don't have a job and the, the state's in lockdown, so you can't leave your house. So it was pretty isolating. Um, yeah, it was definitely challenging. I'm very lucky that I had... Um, you know, really some really good people around me supporting me because, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy and I didn't really know where to from there. Mm. Um, yeah, but now I'm here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. you know, and I, I'm really grateful that I've, I've, you know, got a job because there was lots of times there, you know, uh, sort of that was, would have been August. Yeah. School year starts in, you know, February. So that it's yeah. a lot, it's a lot of time to sort of sit and reflect and go, what am I doing? So um, when did you get your job? Uh, back like full-time teaching uh yeah so so started this year I think that I had my interview maybe December so kind of knew yeah December that I'd be I'd be there yeah or be here but um yeah tried to once we were out of lockdown tried to do some CRT at schools and yeah and stuff like that but at that time it was pretty hard to get end of the year they don't really need them either so um yeah it was definitely challenging yeah it it was definitely Um, challenging so some exciting news so congratulations on being selected in the Victorian Fury squad um so seven years after you last played for them so must be some constellation after finishing at Collingwood yeah I think it's one of those bittersweet kind of things again um I would have loved to have been playing out my career at the top level um I nearly didn't enter my expression of interest into Fury because I wasn't sure if I, you know, wanted to, again, kind of reflecting, but, you know, it's kind of, I've done a full full circle and back to that, wasn't sure if I wanted to put myself out there again. But again, I was kind of like, why not? Um, yeah, I was pretty surprised when I found out though, that generally the Fury, like Fury is very, very strong. Um, there's a lot of young girls up and coming in Victoria that are, are very talented. So, um, you know, not that I'm old, but, you know, being 27, being that little bit older, I was, um, you know, a little bit surprised that, you know, I was there. But, yeah, just keep hopefully playing some good netball in the in the VNL, in the Victorian Netball League with Geelong. And, yeah, hopefully I get picked for the team. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, do you hope to get back to the top level again? Um, I think it's one of those things like never say never. Um, I would love to, I think if an opportunity came, I would absolutely love to, um, again, it's hard work. It would, you know, but I think that the playing at that top level, like nothing can replicate that. So to have the opportunity to do that, if that did come, you know, come my way, I I would definitely, um, I'd definitely do it, but yeah, I don't, Mm. don't know if it's on the cards or not. Um, In terms of me, like, actively trying to, you know, do that, obviously, you know, I've started to play some footy and stuff now as well. Um, I'm still trying really hard at netball, but it's not, I suppose, my overarching reason while I'm, you know, you know, I'm really just enjoying doing kind of both sports. And if that opportunity came, I would definitely grab it. But I suppose it's not my main focus now either. 
Yeah, and you, you said it yourself about footy. You become, I suppose the, the term is uh, cross-coder, isn't it? Um, although you're still continuing with the netball. Um, I mean, you started playing for Geelong's VFLW team. Um, it, it came about through, you got a, a phone call from uh, Geelong's AFLW recruiter or something, or list Ye- manager, did you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So he actually gave me a buzz a couple of years ago when kind of netball was all kicking off and I turned him down and said, sorry, <laughs> I, I want to focus on my netball. Um, yeah, so he gave me a call and just kind of said, you know, heard you're done with netball. Do you want to come and have a kick of the footy? So I went down and actually had a kick with um, the AFL coach, the, well, the AFLW coach, um, and, you know, he was there as well. So good to just, you know, yeah. I think I just wanted to see if I could kick straight, yeah. if I could catch a ball. Um, yeah, and from there he's kind of like, you know, do you want to go and train with our VFL um, see if you like it. So yeah, kind of started it. from there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't even have boots, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was the def- definitely the outsider, but, um, you know, not knowing much about, you know, growing up watching footy and loving it, but not knowing much about, I suppose, the, you know, I've learned watching it is very different to playing it. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, had you had any, like, footy experience or were you just, like, all new to it? Nah, completely new. So, um I mean, I think I'd done like inter-school sport at school and stuff like yep. that. But in terms of having played growing up, I never did. Um, I always used to ask mum and mum's like, you, you can't possibly fit it in. Like, where would you like to fit it in around <laughs> yeah. netball, um, you know, tennis, basketball? I wanted to do little athletics as well. And mum's like, no, like... You, mum's you, good you, like that. You, you, can't, you can't fit it all in. So, yeah, um, yeah no footy experience um, other than, yeah, just kicking around with you know, my brother growing up and, and my friends and stuff, but yeah, yeah com- completely new. Yeah. And you obviously ap- adapted pretty well to the, and quickly to the oval ball. I mean, you're so versatile that I believe you've played in almost every position, including the ruck. Um, and in one game, how about this? You kicked four of the team's seven goals. Um, after which your coach raved about you. I think it was on local radio and he said, Mel's doing it on her ear and making it look very easy. So uh, that's a ringing endorsement. Did you notice uh, many transferable skills between footy and netball? I'd imagine the reading of the play and anticipation and all that would be big ones. Yeah, I think um, I started playing defence, you know, with Geelong. um, And I think, you know, in netball, the ball's being moved so quickly. um, It's such a small space. So if you want to go for an intercept, it's kind of like three or four steps, whereas footy, the mm. ball hangs up in the air a long time and, you know, I yeah. kind of feel like I'm running 20 metres. Um, but I felt like initially that, you know, ability to read that netball really quickly transferred over to having more time at footy and being able to get to a contest. Yeah, um, yep. yeah I suppose in terms of like leaving my player by themselves and I'm <laughs> off chasing the ball. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think also, you know, ag- agility and those types of things from netball transfer across into footy. Mm. Um, probably haven't quite nailed the, um, you know, quite getting in and out and I've still been tackled <laughs> a fair few times but yeah. um, I think that they are skills that definitely allow you to sort of you know carry over and then you know going across back to a netball court I feel like when I get bumped now it doesn't really matter whereas I probably used to flop about a little bit whereas now I'm yeah a bit used to it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you helped along make the finals have they spoken to you about playing AFLW for them um <laughs> Not really. So um, I've, 
I decided to enter the draft just to put myself out there. I don't think that anything will probably come of that. Um, but it was more just, you know, why not? Um, I did train. I did do some training with them last year as a, as a rookie. Um, and you know, if, I mean, if they consider me again, I wouldn't say no. Um, mm. I'd absolutely love an opportunity like that, but even just the opportunity to train with them, if that comes my way, um, would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no one's spoken to me about getting drafted. So I don't think that that will be happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so part of the lure to Geelong is your fiance Jai who lives there. What does he do? Does he play sport as well? Yeah, he's a he's uh, a basketballer. Yeah. Um, was a footballer growing up, so you know he's always in my ear about I should be doing this, I should be doing that. But, yeah. um, you know he he plays rep basketball. Um, he's actually just started back this year, so he took some time off to go to uni. Um, he I mean he did both for a little while, but then did um his honours in psychology so he's a psychologist now um so you know writing a thesis and all that there's not a whole heap of time for basketball um you know around that so was just kind of playing domestic but yeah now he's he's back to the rep stuff and is loving it and you know I've got a football coach and a psychologist on my side now so (laughs) I don't listen to him though so (laughs) and have you set the date for the wedding Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible if someone yeah. wants to plan it for me, go for it. I like I I'd love I obviously would love him and, and can't wait to get married, but the thought of planning a wedding is not up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um just in terms of teaching, how how have you enjoyed your time at Manor Lakes so far? Yeah, it's been good obviously getting back into teaching and full-time work and and you know working I suppose that nine to five job is um very different or you know the other day I was here 6 30 till 6 30 so you know <laughs> yeah. um you know that full-time work is a different um you know element and something that I'm definitely wasn't used to at the start and mm. then add on that trying to balance you know playing two sports um but yeah no loving it and you know the school's super um you know super um supportive um you know being able to go and play two sports and still feel like the the staff uh, you know have been able to guide me through you know learning you know the ropes at Manor Lakes and learning the processes and all of those things Mm. as well so um you know the PE team in particular have been unreal um and you know Maka does a great job leading that and I think I've annoyed her a million and one times with my questions. So yeah, and you also uh, help out, or you're involved with the Netball Academy. I mean, what are the what are some of the main couple of main things that you try to impart upon? Yeah, so really, um, you know, one thing that kind of has stuck with me is like your basic skills are key. Um, you know. Even if you do end up playing for Australia, there's a lot of just, you know, passing and, and really basic drills. And I think that people think, you know, it is more complex than that. We Yes, absolutely, you do do those types of things. But yeah. yeah, your fundamentals under fatigue and, you know, when you're tired, being able to execute your basics is, you know, so we, we do do a lot of that, I suppose, in the Netball Academy. And, mm. you know, they are, again, skills that no matter what level you play, they're, they're relevant. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I play wing defence in your fellow teacher, um, Lauren Jessup's team. So any advice for um, wing defences out there? Um, wing defences have a hard job. Uh, like I think they're very under – they're valued by people that know the game. They're definitely undervalued. I think growing up everyone's like, oh, I don't want to be wing defence. Yeah. It's the boring position. So um, super undervalued, um, but I think um, – 
you know, you have a massive role to play in terms of shutting down that wing attack, which is generally your playmaker. So um, just that hustle, that grind, you know, keep, you know, contesting the ball, um, you know, big hands over to protect your keeper and, you know, having a crack, have a fly at the ball. We've got to get the intercepts to win the game. Yeah. Uh, So we'll finish with a short segment we call Before the Bell. So some short and sharp questions. I'll give the first one, Roops, about that. Um, As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A police officer or a teacher or a physio. That worked out okay. Yeah. Uh, So what advice would you give your teenage self? (sighs) It sounds really cliche, but just not giving up. I think that... You know, it, it does sound everyone's like, don't give up, it'll be okay. But I think that, you know, it is easy to give up. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's the most famous person you've met? Uh, probably, oh gosh, that's a really hard question. Put you on the spot. It is a, I mean, I don't know if he'd even remember my name, but I have met Eddie Maguire. Right. So I feel okay. like he's kind of. Good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I know Eddie. Uh, you're up. It's your yeah, up. So, yeah. uh, do you have any hidden talents? I've actually, I'm the most boring person. I've got no <laughs> talents. A lot of your talents are public, <laughs> netball, football. I've got no hidden else. talents. Um, my second toe is bigger than my first toe, though. That's not a talent. That's yeah, just, I've got that too. That's just People weird. say it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that shows, proves shows that you're intelligence, more, doesn't yeah, it? and more athletic as well. So well, it's clearly true. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least for half of the table here. Um, Favourite singer or group? Oh, I secretly love One Direction. <laughs> Yep. Um, So give us a movie series Oh sorry, a movie or series recommendation Oh my gosh, I'm like (laughs) I don't watch watch TV Very rarely Um, Jai hates me because he's like Have you seen this movie? I'm like, no, I haven't (laughs) Um, I like The Greatest Show But it's probably my favourite movie So into musicals? (laughs) (laughs) It is the only musical that I've watched So Um, yeah, I don't watch much, but for some reason I really liked that. I think yeah. it's just singing yeah, it's in a fair run in our house. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you most looking forward to in your life right now? Um, Could be this week, next month, six months. Probably going home to see my dog. That'd be great. Um, yeah. What am I most looking forward to? I think just seeing what's next. I think I don't really know what's going to hold, like what, what, oh my gosh, what the world's going to hold for me in terms of netball, football. Um, work, anything like that. So I think just, you know, seeing seeing what happens next and, yeah, that'll be... Yeah. Uh, so, Mel, we appreciate your time. Thank you and good luck. Good luck, Mel. And yeah. to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed that. See you next time. Hi, folks. Just a little addition to this episode. Uh, since we interviewed Mel for the podcast, there's been a stunning development Uh, She won a spot on Geelong's AFLW list and she made her debut on Saturday. Uh, Mel's become such a big deal on campus that her fellow PE teachers have put up signs in the secondary gym for the Mel Bragg Centre of Excellence. Uh, So we've grabbed Mel for a quick update. Uh, Congratulations, Mel. Yeah, thanks. It's, um, yeah, obviously a very exciting time and um, yeah, definitely felt the love from the from the heap team. Um, you know, Maka and uh, Mr. Matsubara and those guys have been um, yeah super super supportive. So yeah, I have seen that. It's a, it's a bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly is. Um, and firstly, how did you get onto Geelong's AFLW list in the first place? 
Yeah, so it's all happened um, a bit quickly. Um, one of the girls or a couple of girls have gone inactive for the season this year and um, I've been training with them as a train-on partner, um, just doing a couple of sessions with them, um, you know, getting them ready for their season as well, which is obviously I thought was a good opportunity for me to keep developing my, my game and my skills. And then, um, yeah, the week of round one, um, which was in the school holidays. Um, they they was it the school holidays? Maybe a little bit. Oh no, it must have been a bit bit, bit before. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they rang me and said we want to add you to the list. Um, you got to make a decision today. We've got to get it in. So, um, obviously said yes straight away. And um, yeah, definitely a bit of a shock. But um, yeah, at, at that time I obviously super looked forward to the challenge. And um, yeah, I just thought it was a really good opportunity to. You know, didn't expect anything really to come of it and just to get um, more exposure in that environment as well. Yeah, speaking of shocks, um, only a few weeks ago you told me there was very little chance that you'd actually get a game. Uh, but on Saturday, uh, as I said, you made your AFLW debut against the Western Bulldogs at Ballarat. It was a one-point win that some have described as Geelong's best ever AFLW win. Um, you came in as a late replacement, so obviously, yeah, it must have been a, a, a shock on the day and really exciting. Yeah, I think in general, I know when we had that discussion, um, you know, I, I have said openly that, you know, I always try my hardest and I always go to training and try my best, but, you know, having only picked up a footy for the first time this year, I didn't expect it and you know I always trained I suppose like that chance would come um that's just the way that I'm kind of wired I'll always give my best go but um yeah definitely to to get the late call up um yeah about five minutes before the game started so the girls had done all of their warm-up and I was just staying warm down in the rooms just in case is the emergency and yeah it definitely was a shock um when the coach told me I um, had to pick my jaw up off the floor I think but um yeah felt the love from the girls the girls have got around me um yeah definitely not a traditional I suppose debut with the presentation and all those things but um yeah very special nonetheless and you're not revealing a, a very important detail you got the first indication on the team bus that you might be a chance to play yeah, one of the one of the girls was a little bit unwell um, on the bus, but thought it might have, thought it might have been um, a bit of travel sickness, um, which yeah, obviously um, it might have been something else. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what it yeah. was, but um, it kind of continued on. So um, yeah, very very late call up. But again, we all thought it was travel sickness, so didn't really think too much of it. I was just you know listening. She was actually sitting right next to me, and I had no idea. So yeah, yeah it was definitely definitely a surprise. Yep, and. You played over the whole game probably about 50% or thereabouts game time. You got a few touches. You played uh, in the ruck and forward. Um, how did you find it? Obviously, it's a, a fair step up from VFLW. Yeah, I think the intensity is obviously a lot higher. Um, it's definitely a cleaner game and stuff like that as well. But, um, yeah, a little bit maybe out of position. I, I don't even really know if I've got a position. It's a bit of an ongoing joke um, at the moment. But, um, yeah, I'm loving, you know, I suppose having that, those variety of positions and not necessarily being, you know, labelled a defender or a forward or, or whatever it might be. And um, I think that being able to play a couple of different positions definitely it's helping my game develop um, quicker than maybe I thought it would because I'm learning yeah. you know what works for some and what doesn't and, and those things um but yeah I love the challenge and yeah as I said the girls were super supportive definitely um found myself out of position um throughout the game but the girls were um you know really clear and helped me out a lot so um yeah loved it 
And what's your aim from here? Obviously, to at the most basic level, just to keep your spot and hopefully uh, turn it into a, a gig for next year as well. Yeah, I think it's... I probably haven't really had time to process it. It did only happen a couple of days ago, but um, I think it's, yeah, keep, you know, I suppose traditional saying, head down, bum up, keep working hard and um, making the most of the opportunities that do come your way because they will obviously come, um, as we saw, when you least expect them and, um, yeah, taking the most of them. You know, that might that could have been my first and last game. I, I don't know yet. So, um, yeah, just keep working hard as if, you know, the opportunities are still going to present themselves and um, you know that at least I can say I've done everything um, yep. yeah and something else you could take inspiration from the Geelong men's team won the flag um, and you girls had a, an opportunity to sort of absorb some of that atmos- atmosphere on on the night didn't you yeah, so we were, we were pretty lucky. Um, we got to go to the game, um, which was incredible. I'd never been to a grand final before, so um, to witness their, to be honest, their domination was um, pretty special. And um, yeah, got we're really lucky again to go back to the club with them after the game, and um, you know, with their friends and families and all of the people that work at Geelong, and um, I suppose to to be around that and to see the success that they've had. Um, you know, obviously we're our own a team in our own right, but. You know, to see how special it is to be able to win a grand final and um, be around that, it really um, shows that Geelong's a supportive club and it was a, it was a great place to be. Yeah, terrific. Mel, uh, thanks for your time. It's fantastic news. We're all following your career very closely and we wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Mannerisms, the Manalex Peter College podcast, is entirely recorded and produced on-site here at the college. If you think there's someone we should interview, please email your nominations along with a brief explanation to our email address, podcast at manalakesp12.vic.edu.au or just come over for a chat when you see us around the school. We must thank some wonderful teachers for their time and expertise in this project. Aidan Arendez and his team for their technical production skills to bring this podcast to the airwaves. Quite a time-consuming task indeed. And to Michael Polk for sourcing our hip theme music and designing our stylish cover art. Thanks, gentlemen. And last but not least, thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. Until next time.